Into the Woods. It's so many people's favorites, um, and mine as well. And so it is playing currently at the Nederlander Theater only until May 7th. You gotta rush and see it. But here's what's amazing. I'm gonna tell you what's amazing in a minute. Let me introduce my guest, because I am joined by one of the most magnificent Broadway performers of our time. I'm a huge fan of his. Gavin Creel is with me. Gavin, thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. This is so great to be here. I have a list of like, if I go through your credits, we're never going to have time for an interview. So, but I do want to say, of course, Bette Midler, hello, Dolly, you and I, we talked before we came on a little bit about that. Maybe you remember I was sitting front row center for that show. I don't know. Yes, I remember you specifically. Of thousands of people, (laughs) I remember you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, But I mean, the workshop of Spring Awakening, Thoroughly Modern Millie, which I actually saw with Sutton Foster as well, Book of Mormon, Hair, on and on. It, It goes on forever. Broadway's your thing, but here's what I love. You're on a national tour and you're in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I have to tell you, it's something that I didn't expect at this point in my career, just because I'm a bit of a homebody now. And um, I just, I wasn't ready to be done with the show and neither was our entire cast. We were originally supposed to be 10 days performing at the City Center Encore Series in New York. And then Jordan Roth came and saw our first, very first show and was like, this needs to come to one of my theaters um, for two months this summer come and we'll play it and we'll, we'll make everybody happy. It'll, it was the first Sondheim show since sadly since his passing. And it was kind of a moment to try to reopen part of the reopening. Like let's, let's get people back in the theater and encourage people back after the trauma that we'd all been through. And it was an unexpected success. And then it extended till it couldn't extend anymore. Cause New York, New York needed the theater and, our whole company was like, we're not done. We, we want to do this more. And they came through and said, we're putting together a 10 city limited engagement. And Chicago was one of those cities. And that was probably one of the biggest reasons why I signed up was to come to Chicago. Uh, well, thank you for saying that. And, and, really? and I want people who are watching this or listening to this to know this notion of getting the Broadway cast, Stephanie J. Block, Montingo Glover, and I can go on and on with the names. This doesn't happen. When you guys were in New York and I was informed, oh, Into the Woods is going to go on tour, I thought, oh, I wonder what lovely national touring cast they're going to get. Um, And then when it was like, no, no, the Broadway cast is coming, just kind of emphasize, if you can, for my my viewers, my listeners, this is not usual. This is not typical. This doesn't happen. No, it's not to say that national tours are filled with unbelievable talent. But but a lot of times um, there are just certain human beings who are, they have children, they have um, pets, uh, lovers, friends, significant others, whatever, that leaving leaving town is makes it more challenging. So you sometimes you get people who will stay in New York City and do shows there, and then you get people who are able to travel the country and go. Um, this company is filled with a lot of those people who have, I mean, Stephanie and, and Seb, who are our brilliant leaders, the baker and the baker's wife, baker's wife and the baker, uh, respectively, and their eight-year-old daughter and their nanny, they're on tour. It takes a huge thing to bring an entire family on tour and, and do this kind of work. Montego Glover, who's our, our witch, is a mainstay in New York. And, uh, I, I, you know, we got everybody, 99% of the onstage company that closed the show January in January is at the Nederlander Theater tonight. And it is very rare. Somebody told me this hasn't been done since the 30s, that a... That, uh, a closing company or a Broadway company would go on the road. And we feel really lucky to be together. What that does, it just finishes a lot of the homework. Like we're already friends. We're already, we already know each other's patterns and rhythms and we're able to expand and play. And, and the audiences get the benefit of that. They get to see and witness us together as a team telling the story that we love so much. 
that's why I want people to see this because I, and thank you for just emphasizing that, that this is since the thirties, that this kind of thing has happened. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, kudos as well. You're right. The broad national tours, listen, guys like Nick Rouleau, who, who, you know, came here uh-huh. in, uh, in Book of Mormon, but took over for you on Broadway in Hello Dolly. So. Well- Yes, and also I sort of took over, not took over from him, but I did the first national tour of, of, of Book of Mormon in 2012. Nick was playing the role. He took over from Andrew Reynolds on Broadway. So I sort of, you know, Nick passed me the baton to take it on the road. It's this beautiful thing. Our, our, our theater community is, is kind of this wonderful, small, um, well-known within each other family that, that um, sometimes – you know, Nick will get a job and I won't or vice versa or whatever. But like, you just, I don't know, you just, it, you kind of love being a part of, I love being a part of this industry, not just because I get to reach audiences with these beautiful stories and this incredible music like Sondheim and the Pine have created Into the Woods, but also I get to be on stage with Stephanie Block, who I met um, doing a 50th anniversary Kennedy Center concert um, a year and a half ago. And I said to her backstage, I love you. We need to do a show together. I had no idea it would be as soon as this. And we are having way too much fun. Yeah, exactly. And I'll give Nick your love, by the way. Um, Let's talk about Into the Woods. Um, Of course, for people that know something about it, um, you know, well, it's fairy tales and it's it's Cinderella. You're Prince Charming. Don't know how that happened. Um, (laughs) Perfect casting. But anyway, but they say, so, oh, this must be a kid's show. And you go, dude, Sondheim. Yeah, Sondheim, Sondheim and Lapine have taken the children's stories that you all know and love and, and sort of informed who we are as human beings. These are the stories that were told to us to teach us lessons about life and love and loneliness and the, the, the complications of trust and greed and all the different morals that we need to learn as young people. Oh, we're going to tell you this in about a girl who wanted something more than anything and then got it and was miserable. And we're going to tell you a story about a, a, a little girl who, you know, was addicted to pastries and then got eaten herself. <laughs> all the things you learn from these weird, now I'm listening to myself say them weird stories, but they have taken them and they've interwoven them, which is really joyful and fun and creative. But at the same time, it's hinting on the adult side of these stories, not in a filthy way or anything, but in the way that like deepen what it means to be lost or alone or to be greedy or to be um, wishful and wanting. Um, They all have these things that they think they want and they're all shoved into the same story together. And it's just really fun to watch it unfold and interweave. And also it's quite touching because this, the first act, uh, there's, it's known in our industry that the first act is what they do for children's theaters, do Into the Woods Junior. There's junior versions of all the major plays that are truncated down to like 45 minutes an hour or whatever. So um, you can do them at schools and things. Into the Woods Junior is largely the first act, period. For adults that come to the Nederlander Theater in Chicago, in Chicago, the second act is where we start to expand and the story starts to break apart and you're like, Oh, we all thought it was all going to end up happily ever after, but there's still a lot of unfinished business that we have to tend to in the second act. And then it becomes very real. And as ridiculous as I am as the wolf or the prince as over the top as our performances and, and our energy and our joy may be, the truth is everybody's lesson comes home and everybody has to deal with uh, the very adult hard truths of life 
And that's, I, I love, I love playing the whole thing, first and second act. It's such a joy. So what you're saying is don't get stuck in the line buying your junior mint and your glass of wine and then not get let in for the second act because you're not going to be happy. Exactly. You're going to miss out on reality. It may be hard. It may be hard to handle, but I promise you it's worth it. This show also has, I mean, I, I feel like there's a lot of Sondheim fans who don't necessarily, they know a lot of his music. They don't necessarily know what song comes from what show. Um, talk about, I, ha, I have somewhere I'm going with this, but for, talk about some of the incredible songs that are in Into the Woods that people might not even realize are Into the Woods. Um, well, I, I, for me, the most famous one, and not just because I sing it, but Agony is sort of like, to me, the, one of the most famous songs because I remember when I was in high school, I listened to the original cast recording and that song I sang over and over and over again, I'm dreaming of getting to play a part like this someday, not knowing I would be here. Um, but there's, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's, there's well, Giants, in the, me... Giants in the Sky is a really famous theater song that Jack sings. Uh, I children know will listen. What children? Oh yeah. Children will listen. No one is alone. Um, right. The, everything the witch sings, I think, is iconic because Bernadette Peters made it famous, and then it's gone on to be played by Vanessa Williams and Montego Glover and Patina Miller and um, who else? Uh, Jakina Kulikango and all. Who else do we have on Broadway? We had- oh yeah, she was amazing. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she was here. She was here in Paradise Hall or whatever. It was it was incredible. Paradise Square, yeah. Paradise, yes, yes. Paradise, had, right. We just had incredible people playing all these characters. Julia Lester just nominated for an Outer Critics Circle Award. Um, Sarah Bareilles, obviously, Patina Miller, uh, Pippa, Sue, Joshua Henry, Brian Darcy James, who's the king of all things in my mind. And we just amazing people. Each time we had to change the cast, I'll be honest, I was worried. I was like, are we going to lose what makes it gorgeous? And then in comes Seb and Sebastian Arcelis and Stephanie Block and Katie Garrity and and, uh, Jim Stanek, who's like a Broadway legend. Nancy Opel, who has been with us since the the beginning of the Broadway company, is is a Broadway legend. David Patrick Kelly, Diane Phelan. It's just on and on and on and on. We have just an embarrassment of riches at the theater. And it's really exciting. Like you said, they're all here. We're all in Chicago. You know, we're all together on the stage still joyfully telling this story. And probably with lots of, I think people are starting to go to the stage door again. I know that was kind of a no-no for a while, but I imagine, I know you've just opened, but you're starting to, I imagine we'll see people back there. I'll probably come attack it. They are. I I always try to tell people, apologies, I don't sign or take pictures anymore just because I still, COVID is still out there. People are still getting sick. and, 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 And unfortunately in our business, if you get COVID, you're out for eight days and it's just too much work to miss and too much, too many audiences to miss out on on playing for. So I wave and smile. I say, thank you so much for coming. And, but uh, you know, but we're really happy that people are feeling like they can come back. Absolutely. And to see you guys on stage is amazing. The reason I I mentioned the music and I wanted to just, and I'm not going to tell a long story here, but, but children will listen is because if you see one of the, and I don't know if it's side by side by Sondheim, one of the Sondheim retrospective type shows, the one where he's in it and he speaks throughout. Oh, Yes. And so the children will listen very brief story is where he tells this story about his mom. And the bottom line to it is his mother says to him at one point, um, the only mistake I made in my, in my had in my life was having you or something to that effect, which is just crushing to hear. And then they do children will listen in that show. Ooh. I can't help but in this show, think about all of what was in Sondheim's minds as he wrote these songs for Into the Woods, but yet he was having these life experiences that were actually feeding them. I mean, what a horrible thing to hear from from the person who brought you into this world. And 
what a beautiful thing that Sondheim did by taking that trauma and turning it into art that we can all heal through and from, yeah. you know, um, I, it, it's, it's an, I didn't know that story. It, that, that's a powerful. It, it is. And I, and I told it quickly, cause this is about you, not about me, but I just, no, but no. if you next get a chance to sort of, you know, listen to the cast soundtrack or, or cast recording or something, and you hear that, that piece, it'll blow you away. I literally brought yeah, tears yeah, to my eyes when you hear it. And then they do that number just, unbelievable but let's go back to this so well, you play- I, just, I want to say one yeah. thing i think it's great about sondheim um the material that sondheim shares with us and gives us and has gave us i can't believe he's gone um gives us as adults in the theater opportunities to examine things that are second active into the woods that are deeper than you know musical comedy was in the 20s 30s and 40s 50s on we still have it today we still have light and wonderful fluffy fantastic stuff but sometimes changed the game and sort of told us we're allowed to look deeper to the underbelly of the human condition i mean company in large part changed the the entire landscape of musical theater i studied at university of michigan school of music theater and dance that 1943 was oklahoma 1970 was company. Those were two pivotal moments in musical theater that changed the way yeah. we take in musical theater. Before 1943 with Oklahoma, it was musical comedy where the every time a song would happen, everything would stop. And Oklahoma was the first time that dance, lyric, story, song, everything was forwarding, meant for the plot. It was musical theater. And then the comment song and and character exploration and everything that happened with company where we, we took out of the moment we're watching. I just love that he introduced that and then continued to expand upon just adult, grown-up themes that after a while you just get, yeah, people roll their eyes with musicals. A lot of people can't stand musicals. I love them. You love them. But like, I think Sondheim gave us permission to love them in, in a way that is more and deeper. And Into the Woods seems like it would be, oh, we're going to go back to the fluff. That's what's so great about he doesn't betray his himself and his writing. He doesn't. And, and with that story that to bring it full circle, to have a parent say something like that, you know, to tell you these stories and then say that you're not oh worthy or I wish you hadn't been here. Thank God he used his art to heal through that and, and give us this gift of this show. I can't and thank goodness the song wasn't Moms Could Be Mean. I mean, it was Children yeah. Will Hear You. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. it, it really is, it really just stops you in your tracks. I met Sondheim only once. I had something in my hand. He saw it and I went up to him and I said, hi. And he goes, he goes, I don't sign anything. I said, Stephen, I understand. But this is a prop from Bounce. And th- this was, a, it opened at the Goodman Theater with Richard Kind, others fell in my lap. And I said, I caught it. I took it. And he looked at me and went, that I will sign. So oh, what, <laughs> always, what was the problem? Oh, it's a, it's a stock certificate. If you, if you know the show Bounce, which went on to become. I was in it. I was in oh, it. Oh, oh my God. Okay. And go right. Yes. That's a good man. That was me up there. Huh? Oh my God. I forgot that. What, oh yes. At the end when they're throwing all the stuff and the, and the, the wagon is circling and everything. Mr. Right? Front row center came right in my lap. That's right. Oh my God. How could I, the terrible for me. Well, I, go, well, yeah, you need to come I, see. I played Hollis Bessemer, who was the lover of Richard Kine, Addison Meisner's or Richard Kine character. At oh my God. Meisner. You need to come see the certificate. It's on the wall. Wow. That's very cool. And then also collector's item because never again was it called bounce. I don't think that scene no. was in it anymore. And it was go. I think it was gold rush after that. Right. 
It was Roadshow. Roadshow. I'm sorry. Roadshow. Yeah. Right. It was right. gold first. No, it was Wise Guys. Then it was gold. Then it was bounce. And then it, it ended with Roadshow as Roadshow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, well, I'm so glad. Listen, I'm so glad that you're part of that story in, in, in the end. Uh, did, did you talk about your relationship? I, I'm good friends with Greg Edelman. We grew up together and whatever. So Greg would sort of show me that he could just call Steven on his phone and, you know, and, and answer him. What kind of uh, connection did you have with Sondheim? Uh, distant, but uh, I mean, he knew he, we knew who each other were, which is so cool. Uh, that alone is so cool to me. Like, I was Obviously, I knew who he was, but he knew who I was. I remember the first time I ever stood in front of him was I was auditioning for a revival of Follies when I first came to the city. The Matthew Warchus version that Roundabout did, um, at the, I think it was at the Belasco. And I didn't obviously get it, but I remember thinking, I'm in a room with Stephen Sondheim. Yeah. He's, looking at, he's looking at me right now. I'm singing. For I wouldn't be able to sing. I wouldn't be able to have anything come out. I, I yeah, I, I was kind of feeling the same way. And then shortly after that, a couple of years, I auditioned for Bounce and for the workshop of Bounce, and um, I ended up getting it and going on to do the to do the show. And I remember being at dinners with him, Hal Prince, and Judy Prince, and Daisy, and. Uh, like different the cast members and you know i'm there with howard mcgillen and Rob, richard kind and michelle park michelle park yeah um and i'm just sharing jane powell was in it i'm sharing steaks at morton's <laughs> paid for by hal prince and steven Zahnheim to treat the company and thinking i'm at this table of people that i studied at school at university of michigan and how is this my life and then going on to have him invite me to the Sweeney Todd premiere in London when the movie came out after telling me that he didn't think movie musicals would work. <laughs> right. Well, and you also, you grew up in Ohio. So again, right. Kind of, I mean, not another state you'd say, well, this guy's going to Broadway. No, no. I mean, Ohio is a wonderful place to grow up, but theaters niche and, and, and theater nerds are theater nerds yeah. and punching bags for a lot of the popular kids in school. And I, to anybody listening to this, that young and your punching bag, punch on. We're awesome. <laughs> like, like finding the people who love what you love genuinely, authentically, and vulnerably. The theater is full of people who are creative and interesting and wild. And Stephen Sondheim sat atop that, literally at the top of that tower, yeah. um, for all these years. And I, I still put him now. He's in. He's everywhere. And. We and always, that. always will be. No, we feel that every night. I mean, I'm confident that the reason this production of Into the Woods has had the success that it has had and continues to have is, I know this sounds woo-woo, but is Steve. I, I think now that he is in the ether, yeah. I just feel like we are watched over and blessed and he's able to be up there and laugh with us and cry with us and just, I, I think that the cast of Company, right, when he passed away as Company was opening, must have felt the very same way uh, yeah. throughout that entire run. I mean, he was there for the previews. And- he was. Yeah, exactly. You know, I want to just take a minute because I've got to, because I have, you You know, and based on what you just said, it, you understand the, not only the value of the career you have, but almost the obligation, my word, the obligation of performers who can influence others to do something about it. Years mm-hmm. ago, you created um, with others something called Broadway Impact, and your mission was to have gay marriage become legal. Uh, you got that accomplished in 2015, but the battle well, was on. And we were and, a part of it. I don't know that well, we got Yeah, it. well, you got th- that piece accomplished with the Supreme yeah. Court in 2015, but, but that's my point is that here we are today things in some ways are even worse everything's in jeopardy 
Uh, what's the status of the work you're doing and, and, and your efforts? Well, Broadway Impact was a one-issue organization. Right. And when marriage equality was signed into law, thank God, uh, federally, um, we had a discussion after the – we were in existence for like six six or eight years. I, can't remember, I think it was eight years. And we thought it was going to be 30 years. We thought we would just be chipping away at it for years and years. And it was so – I mean, it was life-changing for, for our country and for the world. Um, so we thought about, do we want to change issues? Do we want to, like, focus in on something else? Do we want to expand? Do we want to pass it on? And Rory O'Malley and Jenny Canellos and I, who founded it together, just kind of looked at each other and were like, no, I think we're a lot older now. We have a lot – you know, Rory was – starting to have a family and Jenny was moving into nursing and um, I was busy with writing and, and, and acting and some teaching work. And I just thought, you know, this is something that I think somebody else can pick up now. That said with, you know, when you said like everything's, so, excuse me, when you said everything is so much worse, um, I understand that sentiment, but it was bad then. I think, you know, the cold war was terrible and, you go back and there's always terrible moments in our history. I think it's important not to lose faith in the midst of it being crap. It's always going to be crap. I'm getting this tattoo. I think I'm going to get it in San Francisco, but I'm going to have the word both tattooed on my wrist that everything I found this amazing thing that said, everything is both it's light. It's dark. It's melancholy. It's beautiful. It doesn't mean either one of them is necessarily bad or good. It's good. And it's bad. And I think, with our world, um, it's just helpful for me to remember in the midst of it being crap, there's in a few, a few breaths away, it will be beautiful again. And then in the midst of it being beautiful, a few breaths away, it can be crap again. Right. That that's the, the balance of the universe. It doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't allow me to not participate and not try to make things better and speak up when I can. But it also alleviates me feeling completely overwhelmed and then shoved into inaction. I think... That's the worst thing. Oh, I'm so overwhelmed. I'm not going to do anything. You and know, we're trying. Has- I, th- I, th- I think for me, I'm trying to examine where I have the energy and where I where I can be helpful. What I can educate myself on and what I can talk to in my own circles. Or I hate social media, but once in a while, like for example, we just had a, a, a negotiation, renegotiation for the tour contracts for with Equity and the Broadway League, and. I was hearing from a lot of friends who are like, I just feel nervous to speak up, to speak up. And I thought, I'm 47 years old and I've had an amazing career. And if me speaking up on behalf of people who can't, don't feel they can ruins my career, then I guess I'll do something else because what do I care? Um, and it, of course, didn't. And we came up with a good deal and we can do, always do better. But I just once in a while, I try to advocate for the things I believe in. But also, I'm an actor, and a lot of people, if I really, really want to get involved, I need to get into public service or run for office or, you know, and I just, I can't imagine anything more mind-numbing than politics day to day. But I would, but, rather, but, I would but, rather eat my eyeballs than be in politics. But Or steak at Gibson's. Yes, I steak at I'm, I'm grateful for the people who do run for public office and do serve. I'm going to find other ways that I can be effective and, and, and uh, helpful here on you know, I, I don't ever... 
Thank you I never bring politics or anything like that up on these interviews, but I, but I know that's so important. You make a difference. And I wanted to do it here, not just because of you, but I wanted people to know when they see this show that when they're looking on stage, it's not just you. I mean, Broadway actors, look what happened when COVID hit, right? Nobody took a bigger hit than Broadway actors. And yet who's the first out raising money and everything while everybody's cutting your funds with Broadway actors? Um, yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I just, I wanted people to see this side of you for a moment. And I um, because that. thank you. Thank you for saying that. And, and yet you're right about our community. You're right. And I also want to say the crown jewel of our community is Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS. That literally was founded at a time when a government, a president would not even utter the word AIDS and and tens of thousands of people were dying, especially in our business and with no help, no, the stigma was unbelievable, still is. Um, But that organization just, like you just said, rose up because our community was like, we have to do something. Right. And I am, I'm lucky enough to serve on the board of trustees for Broadway Cares. I advocate, raise money for, hold the bucket. That is the crown jewel of our industry. And it helps not just um, HIV and AIDS victims and, and families, but the Phyllis Newman Women's Health Initiative that helps women dealing with breast and cervical and ovarian cancers, the Al Hirschfeld Free Clinic, um, the Actress Home, 400, over 450 different social service organizations, meal delivery programs, everything across the country, the world, Disaster relief, six-figure checks that are sent to hurricane relief, uh, earthquake relief, gun violence legislation, uh, women's reproductive rights. Are, that is the greatest thing our community has, in my opinion. And it I, all funnels through there. And it comes from you, me, the people who raise the money, who stand on the – our audiences, our theater community is all part of Broadway Cares. And it's yep. – it's – the greatest. Well, I know I helped when I bought an original boot from Kinky Boot signed by Billy Porter and the whole original cast, which I did for some programs for a few months. I could be wrong about yes, that. You but did. I did. Are you so. kidding? You, you, <laughs> without a doubt, thousands of meals were served because you bought that boot. That's how it works. And it's probably in my living room. And people like Matthew Lee Arrowbach and just people who are doing great things. We're out of time and I want to keep talking to you, but unfortunately I can't. Um, but Gavin Creel, I think you get the love that comes across in this interview and getting to talk with you. I want people to know that, that th- this, the you, this deep you is on stage at the Nederlander Theater doing Into the Woods through May 7th. You can get tickets at broadwayinchicago.com. This is such a rare opportunity to see all of these Broadway stars traveling to only 10 cities and Chicago is rightly one of them. Um, yeah. I thank you so much. Uh, you're fabulous. And, uh, and I encourage people to go broadwayinchicago.com, get the tickets. Don't miss this. It's just a once in a life opportunity. Thank you, Gavin. Thank you. Well, if you want to know more about what we've talked about here, follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Paul Lisnick. That's P-A-U-L-L-I-S-N-E-K. And I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv and hey don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes and tune in each week to hear more insider scoop coming to you from behind the curtain